Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Welcome to the OC Bitches ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Bye, bitches. Bilson. Hello, Melinda. How are you? Welcome. 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 We're doing one more here. I know. Uh, just when you thought it was over. Just when we had an epic two-parter. Well, two episodes, one with Mr. Schwartz, one with Mr. McKenzie. Mm-hmm. And, but we couldn't leave him hanging, right? No. We could not leave him hanging. I can't believe we did it. I watched I the know. whole series. <laughs> Rachel, how do you feel? I feel like now that we've watched the whole series, all I can remember is the fourth season because that's what we just watched. So if I start all over again, it'll be like new. You know what? I kind of agree with you. I I have noticed that I tend to focus on what we're working on in the moment. And Mm -hmm. I can. um, So I'm actually really excited to go back over the top moments of this epic season. One of my favorite because of, you know, so many different things. But um, you know what? To do this with us, we couldn't we couldn't do it alone. We could not course. do it alone. It does not work. No, no. So we decided to bring back our favorite OC experts, Ryan Haley and Michael Gravano from the OC Disorder podcast and superhero show show to break down the best moments of season four. Welcome back, Ryan and Mike. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. We're so happy to have you because you know the show better than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the one episode that I don't do a lot of prep for because you guys pick the moments and you know better than we do. How do you guys feel about the overall season four? What was what was your take on it? From peaches to pancakes, the season four story. I think season four should have gotten watched a lot more, should have had way higher ratings. Um, I, But it wasn't that hard to come up with the iconic moments. You know, there is still a lot that's talked about from this season. Uh, it's delightful. After season three is grim. And for them to be like, you know, we'll have a few episodes of that in the beginning because people have to get over it. And like, what if we were just a fun sitcom that was just longer? Uh, And I thought it was a blast and a half. The big changes that they made in season three was to uh, up the melodrama and just drama. And they replaced all of that with sitcom beats in season four. And it worked amazing. Like, for instance, they figured out a way to get four single women living in the same house. That's the Golden Girls. <laughs> that's, that's Summer and Anna's favorite show. And we had that in here. Although our the matriarch of the house, Mindy, that was you. You were more of the Blanche, I would say, than any of the four. But uh, yeah, that's it was just kind of a... We needed a laugh track in some of these episodes, I think. Well, you, I think there, you make a good point because... I think the the audience that was so invested in Marissa and when she died, obviously it was so painful that they couldn't go back. Like they couldn't see how much fun the writers were having or that it was that it had a uniqueness that was meant to be shared and, and loved because it was too painful. And I wonder if that's actually I just made that, you know. <laughs> observation right now but <laughs> because, yeah, I think it was painful for a lot of people from from what I've read online. Yeah. You see the season split up, too, with the first three episodes, basically Volchak leaving. Um, That's a different season. That's like the end of season three. And then the rest is season four, which is just big and fun. 
It was definitely big and fun. <laughs> Rachel was just like shocked at each each episode. We'd come into the studio and she was like, I don't know what show I'm, I'm watching. I'm like, what anymore. am I watching? I don't understand what this is, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> yeah, by the time uh, Julie and Caitlin are in the ice cream shop trapped, they think floating into the sea with the ice cream kid and just singing. I'm like, I this is not the show. It wasn't season one, but I love it. But I love I mean, it. Handcuffed to each other. Um, you know, like there's uh, fortune tellers that predict, like accurately mm-hmm. predict the fortune. There was the only thing this season was missing was like somebody giving birth in an elevator. That's the only like sitcom thing we missed. Well, we could have birth <laughs> in a stranger's house. That's true. So we that's true. Yeah. Checked them all off. Right. You know what? You're right. The more I think about it, that end really had very, very definite sitcom trope and vibes, tropes and vibes, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> and it like in the finale, we get two weddings. Right. So it's. It's double Shakespearean comedy ending. The letting you know, like this show fully isn't a comedy by the end of it. Yes. I always thought that there was some something very Shakespearean about this entire production and journey from behind the scenes and behind the scenes and and in front of the scenes. And totally. I agree. (laughs) We agree. And we're going to go through season four. I can't wait to see what has been selected. as the top moments. Well, we're going to go through, I think, I guess did you I was guys the, rank, I, did you rank them or are we just going to go through from the top, um, from the beginning of the se- season to the end of the season? Yeah, they're in chronological. They're chronological. So okay. that no feelings are hurt. Okay. Yeah, like <laughs> mine, because I would be last, I'm sure. You, you show up this time. I actually show <laughs> up. Well, that's a, you know what? That's a start. At least I'm in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you guys start us off then? Yeah, I think that this is something that we talked about the last time we were on, which is how um, Stranger Things stole your guys' mojo. They yeah. thought that they made running up that hill like, like super famous, but it was actually a cover by Placebo in the first episode of this season with, I think, what has got to be the most iconic idea from season four, which is Ryan Atwood Cage Fighter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this was one of the most impactful moments for me personally, um, watching it and it was so eerie and, and strong and, and like, what is going on? Because we're six months later after this. I mean, it, it, I would have just tuned in, even if I was so angry that Marissa died, I would have just tuned in to see what that first episode was like. Mm-hmm. And no one would have predicted cage fighting. Nobody. Uh, <laughs> and something so, so cool and, and dark is I feel like the, in, until the rest of season four, the happiest smile you ever see on Ryan Atwood is after he's gotten the living crap beaten out of him and he's like bloody on the ground and he like <laughs> looks truly weightless and you're like, oh, this kid, this kid's going through it so bad. So I bad. just, I wish I could have seen the first episode in one of those 4D theaters. So when he gets punched, you can feel the blood <laughs> and the sweat. <laughs> Go onto your face. Well, and also the theaters that now your seats shake so mm. that you have that whoa, whoa, whoa. You guys. Sound and then the seat shaking. Let me yes. pitch this. On the Universal okay. Studios tram ride. Yes. One of the experiences is the cage fight. <laughs> Just that would it be out pretty there. rad. Yeah. I think it's perfect. Thanks. <laughs> 
We just went there. That's why it's on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So that whole opening shows so many different things because by the end of it, you know, it starts with, you know, Sandy's trying to look for him and they show all those people in the bar. And and I love how they show the lonely woman at the bar, you know, with the blonde hair, just to kind of paint the scene of, of where he's living, which we don't, you know, know is, or we know is a utility closet or something. And by the end of it, he's meeting up with Juliet, the mermaid Inn. So I think mm-hmm. that's one of the best openings of the entire series. It, it definitely the ground of like, what are the two of them doing in their grief together? Like how, how Shakespearean and disgusting could it be? But thankfully right. she's just hiring a teenager to go kill another teenager. <laughs> is this how, right. is this how podcasts work? We just, Mike, are we just going to call everything Shakespearean? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no matter what happens, she's like, oh, that's got to be Shakespeare. That's pretty Shakespeare. What was uh, what was JJ Philbin's word for like the gasp moment? High joints. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, that mermaid in thing <laughs> is the first high joints moment of the season for sure. <laughs> oh right, right. Oh, that's true. Well, let's go on to the next one. What's the next one going to be? Hey. Hey. Where's my dad? Gone. This is uh, Summer and Julie. Summer, you're here. See, you can't get mad at us. Uh, At Thanksgiving (laughs) dinner. And I really feel like this is the scene that cements the strongest and and most interesting relationship throughout the rest of the season. And not just because the two of you are the hosts of this show that we're talking to right now. (laughs) But in... Like thinking about like uh, a best friend who's lost her high school best friend, um, a mom who's lost her daughter. It makes so much sense that before you were like in each other's world, but maybe just sniping at each other. And now for for like be like, oh, you're my surrogate. And it's mm-hmm. so clear both of these characters needed that in their life. Um, so, yeah, yeah it's just really heart heartwarming. When Summer takes off and leaves and she says and, and Julie's finally made this dinner that she's been trying to figure out mm-hmm. all the cold turkey, so to speak, like there's a cold turkey. <laughs> and then she has to cut herself off from Volchek, cold turkey, mm-hmm. when she finds out, you know. And so when they have that scene, and it is true, Rachel, that that's the first time Summer and Julie have really come together. And she says, we can't go on like this, can we? Right. She's like, no, can't do it. Yeah. I love all of the things with Julie and Summer because they both, you know, are really sharing that grief and, and mourning. And I'm actually kind of shocked that uh, you guys picked a very sentimental scene. Well, we're, yeah, we're softies. And just to be clear, like (laughs) if this was welcome to the OC bitches uh, hosted by Daryl and Dr. Neil Roberts, we still would have picked this one. This is not (laughs) just because you two are, but um, I think it's an important moment too, because in the first episode, the Avengers, we're juxtaposing Julie and Ryan's grief. And yeah. it feels like Summer is pushing everything up. We don't even like attach Marissa to Summer because she's got a new life. She's got, you know, new friends and everything. It's not until this Thanksgiving dinner that we see that, no, she's just as fucked up as Julie and Ryan is. She's just handling it in a different way. And it all sort of collides at this meal, which is mm-hmm. with the two of them saying, like, we, we have to stop this, right? Like, we can't, we can't keep going on like this. Right. 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 No, so when she walks up and she says that, tell me... I mean, when she finally says, I'm sorry to Sandy, and he's like, I don't think you've ever, he's, he, yeah. lets, he lets it go pretty easily, but, <laughs> you know, tell me about her. And um, it was it was just a really unique way to to bring them together. As Josh said, yes, Summer, Julie, and Ryan are all 
in these first three episodes are just dealing intensely with this grief and how to move on. Right. The answer for how to move on, and this is something that Brian and Julie and Summer couldn't figure out, is, here we go, together. And so that's why they had to have all these moments, you know? That's why Julie, Brian was, you know, that's the first time he smiles outside of getting punched is when, you know, Julie asked him, you know, tell me about her. And of course, in true Atwood fashion, he's like, oh, she was, she was so hot. But it's so hot. That felt like, that felt like so like Ryan was like, oh, wait, I'm 15 again, seeing her for the first time. Like he, he reverted. I don't know if it's a good idea to tell a parent how hot you thought their kid was. Yeah, but it's Julie. It's <laughs> yeah, Julie, that's though. That's true. She's like, she'll get it. She thought Julie's she was like, hot. I'm proud of my hot, my hot daughter. Yeah. yeah. Julie's mom. <laughs> was it weird when Julie was like, uh, what was she like? And Ryan was like, whatever she wanted to be. oh no i mean we found i found that it was julie or h and i found that the whole thing was really personally upsetting Mm -hmm. uh to watch all of this so we we and and uh i'm an emotional viewer you are i am yeah i know and then the the marissa death stuff may really gets to you so did this watching you guys grieve did that Oh, well, you know what? That brings us to the next thing on your list, which is summer's (laughs) stages of grief. Grief often comes in five stages. Yeah, but I haven't really been grieving. Why is this happening? Life is so unfair. Thank God you put this on there, the guys, because I would have had issues. I would have had things to take up with you. But I, unlike my emotional viewing past, I enjoyed this bit. <laughs> it, it's hard not to. And this feels like when it's transitioning, right, is into like the goofier realm is, yes, they are dealing with heavy stuff. And they, they will throughout the rest of the season, like the earthquake is a heavier moment. But we're going to deal with it in kind of a goofy way and, and watching, I have to assume this was a fun few days on set, Rachel, just w- going nuts in every possible way. Oh yeah. Like I actually do remember shooting this and I talked wow. about that. I know that in itself is a huge moment. And it was so much fun because you really got to play around. Yes, it's grief, but the way it was handled and written and directed and all of it was so much fun. And it's still like one of my f- most favorite things from the entire series. That I was that I got to do. I think we've discussed this that the way it was shot, edited, and the music let the audience know that she's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and that this is still entertainment. Mm. But like you said, yes, it's grief, but there's comedy with grief. I mean, I can always find comedy with something tragic as well. But see, that's what the that's what the first couple of episodes of the season buys you is you guys handled the dark stuff appropriately, and now mm. you get to goof around a little bit more. You know, a lot yes. more, a lot more. We yeah. have a, we have a naked Che singing. I mean, let's just be honest here. <laughs> There's a lot of goofing around. And I assume that was just Pratt showed up without clothes and you guys went well, we'll roll with it. Yeah, that's how he showed up every day. So they're like, let's write this in. <laughs> For sure. It's the most Shakespearean yeah. way you can show up. <laughs> Is there any nudity in any Shakespeare in all of the plays? Just the versions Probably I watch. Not. I have not seen. I have not seen all. It of depends on that production. Plays. Yeah, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's been done. I'm sure it's been. Did done. Shakespeare it- write hair? <laughs> where are you in your mental health journey? No matter where you are, talking to a therapist who is trained to help can make a huge difference. They can help you find a new outlook on life and help you recover your energy, confidence, and joy. 
At Talkspace, you can find the right therapist with the right training for you. Talkspace is a new, more convenient way to find a therapist and meet with them. Everything is done online. You find the therapist you feel closest to. You meet virtually, wherever you're most comfortable on your schedule. So there's no missed work or scheduling childcare for an appointment. It's therapy designed for your life. Talkspace is private, secure, affordable, and your Talkspace therapist is always accessible to you. When you've met your therapy goals or simply want to cancel, Talkspace has a simple cancellation process and will work with you to get a prorated refund for unused time, if applicable. Talkspace is there for you to make your life better. To celebrate May Mental Health Awareness Month and to celebrate every step you take towards a better, richer, fuller life, Talkspace is offering every listener of this podcast $100 off your first month with Talkspace. Just go to Talkspace.com slash OC. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash OC to get $100 off your first month and to show your support for the show. That's Talkspace.com slash OC. We have the next, the next one. one. So I guess you're headed on home now, too, huh? Are you kidding? I put the room on the company card. I've got a mud bath in the morning. So since I ruined dinner, how about breakfast? Breakfast? Okay. So, uh, should I call you or nudge you? Bang. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> From the Sleeping Beauty, we had such a wonderful character in Gary Grubbs bringing Bullet to life. The bullet. It is like the one smooth line uh, he comes up with. I mean, should I call you or nudge you? Hey, come on. You got it. Like, that's <laughs> Tom on. Selleck level, people. Apparently, he, he says that Tom Selleck and Bo Bridges were up for the role. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, is that true about Tom Selleck? We, we don't... Uh, Josh is like, there's no way we would have had Tom Selleck auditioning for... Bullet. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, we don't think that Tom Selleck would have ever... Audition. Well, Tom, but, if you could send it a tape, maybe we'll consider it. Yeah. According yeah. to Gary Grubbs, when Please he auditioned, tape, they were in, they were standing in the room. Uh, okay. But maybe they were there for something sure. else. <laughs> what do you think it would have been like if Tom Selleck played the bullet or if Bo Bridges played bullet? Luckily, I Any have perfect impressions of both. So here you Let's go. Let's hear him. <laughs> go. I'm Tom Selleck. I think... <laughs> You're like, bang. <laughs> bang. I think Bo Bridges would have had different but similar energy yeah but tom Selleck would have been you know kind of tom Selleck would have been taking down many of the women yeah i feel like it's a little too sexy a little too dangerous (laughs) 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 although he did do he was on friends that's listen that's what i know him most from (laughs) is richard on friends richard you know, and he did handle. I mean, Magna PI had a had a certain amount. It had its own version of comedy. So did it? I never watched it, but you were on kind of. You were on. I the was definitely side on board with Monica and Richard. So like, Monica also dated John Favreau. So that's true. He did take, but he took her to Rome on her first date. I mean, yeah, he's rich and he's a cage fighter. <laughs> and he's a cage fighter. <laughs> Full fucking circle. I think if, if Tom Selleck had been bullet, we'd see Ryan and Seth with little mustaches trying to mimic him. <laughs> and Seth couldn't grow one. <laughs> Just draws it in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Even after he's, like, completely made an ass of himself, that nudge means, can I come to your room? That means, you, right? you're well, that means that you slept okay. over. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You yeah. did the thing. The energy he, he gives the character, because he does, especially early on, say some despicable things. Uh he, I'm pretty sure in that scene he talks about before Sandy and Kirsten leave. He talks about yeah. Jews controlling the media. Uh, 
But he is closer to like a cartoon Yosemite Sam type. And so you're not like, <laughs> oh, you're one of the most evil men alive. And uh, right. it's a hard needle to thread. It's it's pretty impressive. Right. We, we, we discussed that with Gary, that somehow, even though he said so many things. Offensive. That even in that day was was inappropriate. Yeah. Were inappropriate. And then um, somehow he did it and it was endearing. And actually, I noticed that so many of my reactions were real. That wasn't me acting. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like eye rolling and like, okay, because he did bring that real energy to set. And there was a couple of times where Kelly was like, oh God, because you I know, get a little nervous watching the scenes as if somebody somebody said, watch these scenes and said, whoa, I can act like that and run for president and win. I'm going to do that. But it's, it's scary that like, the charm is clearly coming through, you know, and the cartooniness, like, not cartooniness, but the sitcominess of it all, like Gary's helping the show reach that level or the show is helping Gary, but they're working hand in hand. I would have preferred mm-hmm. that after he said stuff, he took out two six shooters and shot him in the air, but he did. He doesn't need my notes. He's a professional. <laughs> That happens in between the scenes, and you know that by the time we meet 13 of his sons all in cowboy hats. You're like, oh, they do shoot up in the sky to celebrate everything. We asked Josh about that. We were like, "How?" he said the end episode was definitely a collaboration of all of the writers, that it wasn't just Josh. But it was like, who came up with all these people? He's like, I don't know who came up with. I think that's what he said, Rachel, that he didn't know who came up with that many many sons. Yeah. We it's think it was clever. JJ and John, JJ Philbin yeah. and John Stevens. We're putting it on them. <laughs> yeah. John, JJ and John, you can tell from their energy when we interviewed them that they, they were having so much fun, <laughs> having so much fun. And they just make each other belly laugh. And I, a lot of yeah. what goes on behind the screen, behind in the writer's room ended up on screen this season. Well, that makes sense. It has to be so freeing to be like, it sucks that we're like, oh, we're getting canceled. Be like, well, now we can do anything. And it does not matter right. anymore. Right. It's right. very apparent in this season. Right. Yeah, there's a few times Seth almost looks at the camera and just talks about what's going on. Like, oh, yeah. There's the, the line of like, oh, if you woke up sounding like me, yeah. we have like done a few more Usually years. Usually when the they say switch. stuff like that, it refers yeah, yeah. to something else in the world. But he just straight up says, we could have gotten another season out of this. Yes. Yes. We yeah. Had, yeah, we could have gotten two more years out of it. And and Stephanie told us that, that no, they she wrote that specifically yeah. for that meta <laughs> was right there they were all they were all very very deliberate okay so (laughs) moving on Number five, from the summer bummer, Ryan fantasizes about Taylor music video <laughs> style. Okay, we. I want to know your guys' take on this when you first saw it. Your, Mike, your appropriate take, please. <laughs> no, uh, inappropriate. <laughs> alo- I was watching this alone and just full-on uh, guffaws and belly laughs. It was so <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> And uh, so, and I, I love the character of Taylor, especially how she's grown from Mean Girl into what she becomes. Also, fully helping this become a sitcom. <laughs> and like, Autumn looks like she's having so much fun. And also, like, everybody in this world thinks Ryan is so cool, but he is—he was a dirtbag kid from Chino. Of course, he'd be into '80s lame hair metal. And so, this is his fantasy. This is the peak is like a scorpion video style for people who grew up outside of SoCal, which is what we call Southern California because we're trying to save time. People who grew up in Chino or Riverside, 
just like <laughs> our representative Riverside person on our show, Cassie Davis. What up, the 909? Uh, Nirvana never came to them. Like there was, <laughs> there was no Nirvana. There was no hip hop. They it turned 1988 in Chino and Riverside, and it stayed there forever. So, oh my god. This is the most accurate depiction of Atwood is that the the newest music he knows is 15 <laughs> years younger than him. One of my favorite things is when he finally he admits to Seth what he's seen, which is this Tawny Katane, you know, fame type, you know, fantasy. And Seth calls it pedestrian. And, it, and he goes, well, he goes, yeah, but it's still hot. And Seth yeah, admits right. he's like, they don't call them classics for nothing. Right? <laughs> They're so clever. Yeah. I love it. But actually, Josh cleared up that the reason that they wrote this for Autumn was because she recently had done at the time, like a Maxim type magazine spread. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so he was yes, like, did. I can verify that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Herp. they were inspired. Someone right, was inspired. Right. We were, yeah. <laughs> but those are the days where every young female actress was expected to do Maxim or FHM, and we've all done it. All did it. And, That's right. Yeah. That's right. You get <laughs> ranked right. in Maxim, the top 100. I mean, it was a thing. At least you were ranked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't even know. I, I was over the hill. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. Next. One of my two top favorite episodes of the whole thing, which is the Christmas. I love to say that. Uh, Wait, Mike, had you not seen season four before? I had not. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, I want to know what you guys think about this episode. Take it away. It's uh, it's so funny that at the same time the show is going more sitcom. It's also leaning more into like daytime soap opera tropes. And to have this, like, we are in the same shared fantasy world because we both fell on our heads uh, feels, but to, instead of going like uh, melodramatic tropes, but goofier takes on it. And yeah, it was super surprising uh, and incredibly delightful. <laughs> and it was so fun to play. I think that's why I like it, because it was it was such a, you know, a. Um, a departure from what we'd been doing for all those seasons for the first three seasons. If Atwood had never showed up to the OC, everybody would be a shell of a human being who has never arced or had any sort of character moments in their lives. But that is, I mean, that's how you think of TV shows though, right? It's like that Ryan was the first character, like sort of bringing us through. And those, the other characters don't exist without him in our lives. So like we need to watch him. It also speaks to like, the lore the show had created. Mm, right. You can't uh-huh. do an episode like this where you flip everything on its head unless you have already well established with culture what your real world is. You know, otherwise there's nothing to turn over. I was disappointed that nobody was just the same but with a mustache. Right? Like why didn't why was why wasn't there an evil person with a mustache? But I mean, I think the fact that JJ and and John said that it started, I was like, how did the characters get there? Like, what was your thinking? And they said, all we could think was, how did Julie get with Sandy? And then we went from there. And I'm like, whoa, I would have thought that would have been the last thing. But they thought that was the most far, you know. The most different. Most different. <laughs> more. Most it's outlandish. so interesting. It is very outlandish, but it's also like, if you watch the whole show and you're weirdly invested in it, like we all are, uh, Julie and Sandy have gotten closer because Atwood's around. They started right. off way more at odds and at each other's throats. And 
So I, I'll watch this version of the show. I say, bring back the whole cast. Start it from the beginning. What if <laughs> I know, right? Showed up? Well, the Kirsten Jimmy thing, when, you know, he was, she, she kept, you know, leaning towards him and mm-hmm. something there happened because she can't, she kind of fell back into her ice queen ways. And she went off my, that's my theory that she went off with Jimmy and Sandy was so like, I don't know, it's almost like payback or they just, and, and they find out that it was just a, a marriage of convenience right. because Julie helped him or they were, they were able to figure out things. And also they're resentful of their other, their exes for probably getting together. Nothing, no, no marriage is better than a spite marriage. <laughs> There's one thing I wanted to address is that in the episode where you guys covered this, you talked about how Shay was actually supposed to be Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. And that does not bode well for even this version of Summer. Basically, Luke cheated on Marissa, drove Marissa to kill herself, and then Summer's just like, fuck it, I'll marry him then. Like, that does, that's, yeah. that's oh. not a good look. You're so right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Mindy and the spanking. This is just, it was like so above and beyond anything. Like, <laughs> it was very extreme. What did you think, Mike, when you heard that? I, it would. Mm, I was like, really? How are they going to do this? And then right. I, I definitely, the eight steps ahead was like, I don't know if they'd bring Misha back for this like doodle episode. So mm-hmm. I bet it's going to be a case of mistaken identity. And okay. uh, I was you, correct because I'm obsessed with TV and I know how TV works. Right. Well, I was in the show and I was like, oh my God, Marissa's alive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they did a really good job of making it seem like that. And I think they used this to promote. I bet it pissed people off if they expected it to be back and wasn't. I was mad. <laughs> Personally, I was not happy. Did you throw something at the TV? Yeah, I was crying. It's also interesting because, like, everybody, you know, is, like, the worst version of themselves. But Caitlin is the Caitlin best. Caitlin seems pretty okay. With, <laughs> like... I know. It's like, how did she go from the rebellious teenager to... Right. Graduating. Early and was like So right. Ryan being around somehow made her become rebellious. Or she, like, in the real I world. could see if my sibling had died when I was a little kid, I would have had a better life. So maybe that's just what happened with her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You got to stop calling him and telling him that, Ryan. <laughs> no, I'm just texting now. <laughs> okay, good. All right. All right, come on. Put this on. No, I hate my life. I hate my life. I hate my life. Yeah, no wonder Summer doesn't like you. See? Even you think so. And no offense, but it's kind of weird you having such a vested interest in my love life considering I just met you this morning. I hate my life. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like Adam was saying that in the moment. (laughs) Yes. And unless I fix things here, which means getting your parents and you and Summer together, I can't go home. I always knew this would happen. Doesn't surprise me. Put this on. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to know to woo Summer. Have you ever heard of a show called The Valley? His impression of 15-year-old Seth is great. And uh, 35-year-old Mike. 
Um, (laughs) (laughs) I still love that Seth, when he says that I'm from a different parallel world or whatever, where this is this is what the reality is, and he accepts it instantly. And in both sides of um, both worlds, you know, Seth is like, this is you know, they're in a parallel world. He's got (laughs) to fix it. Oh my God! Let me see the hardware. What? You mean this whole thing? Four <gasps> K. Oh, oh my God, it's so pretty. Can I get a ice, ice baby? baby. <gasps> ding, 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 ding. Uh, ice, ice, ice baby. So Rachel, was it fun to finally not act and just be who you really are? On yeah, screen? I finally so. felt seen. Um, <laughs> so I was really excited that I got to express my inner self. And I. Very, very happy. I believe this. this was a time where you had to wear jumpsuits and there had to be a word on your butt, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Juicy. Junk in the trunk. Did you enjoy playing earlier summer or season four summer? Do you have any memory of that? I mean, it was definitely fun. Early summer was like someone I modeled from high school and that was just a character. So that was kind of fun to do. And then fourth season summer was more it was closer to myself. Yeah. So it was more fun to just be a bitch, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is fun. Always want to play the villain, not the victim. Oh, yes. Hey, Chester. What's up, Mrs. Mm-hmm, that's me. Okay, wait a second. I thought you said she was marrying Seth. That's Che or Chester, I guess, in alt reality. What is he doing here? I thought he goes to Brown. Okay. What if three years ago his family had planned to move here, but you did instead taking the last spot at Harbor? So, without quality education for their child, his family moves to Connecticut. But in- Nobody has ever more openly stared at strangers than the two of them in this scene. Chris Pratt is so good, though. Oh, my God. We say bitch a lot in this episode. And then you guys see each other again on the other side of the trophies. They're yeah. so excited. Hi. Hey, bitch! Hey, bitch! That's my bitch! Well, there you go. That was... One of the, um, well, that's the Chris Muck. And I forgot that you hadn't seen the season, Mike. It's, uh, my wife was asking me about it as I was watching it. She's like, who the fuck watches the first two episodes of something over and over, or seasons of something over and over again and doesn't move on? I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what was wrong with me. And uh, I loved it. I loved this experience. <sighs> oh, you didn't, you hadn't seen season three either? No, until we did season three. For oh. this, yeah, I'm a weirdo, admittedly. No, you didn't well, want to I see think... Marissa die, obviously. I did not want to see, but I did want to see cage fighting, so it's like a real push me pull <laughs> situation. I mean, now that you've seen it all, do you, I mean, do you have a favorite season? I mean, recency bias is, I found season four so delightful, <laughs> yes. uh, and it blew me away how entertaining it was, but I think season two is probably when the show is firing on all cylinders for me. Oh. Yes. I don't Season remember. two. Okay, let's move on to... My Two Dads. The My Two Dads. Frank, you got something you want to say? No, nothing. What's the matter? Then I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I'm not going anywhere. This is my house. And he's my son. Not anymore. I've extended you every courtesy. I'm going to have to show you the door. Hey, don't touch me. Oh, come on. Let's go. Or what? You don't want to hit me. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. This is, I love this scene. <laughs> I just, there was something, I was, I was so impressed with how they did it. But I, when, when Sandy's goes, I'm right here, Frank. Like, 
It, yeah. You could all the rage. Like I felt like the liberal Peter Gallagher was going after the Republican uh-huh. Kevin Sorbo. I was going to say you just wanted to see Kevin Sorbo yeah. get punched. Who doesn't? <laughs> no, he was a perfect gentleman and and a very professional man. Uh, but I don't know. There was something in there that I just I really appreciate actors committing man and Peter commit committed. It was good. Yeah, we all liked when that punch landed. <laughs> I stood up and cheered for sure. I did want to ask you guys um, with Kevin on the set, Kevin famously anti-science, anti-vax. Was he confused by like the cameras and how they worked? Like, was he nervous they would steal his soul or anything? <laughs> did he ask questions like that? It was a different time. It was nothing like Just wondering. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. No. What, what I loved about it is we've heard throughout the show the Bronx past and that he used to be a rough and tumble cl- a lot closer to Ryan than to Seth. And right. I feel like this is the first time we see it. And yeah. he's like, Oh, he's like the Hulk. He's always angry. Uh, he's just pushing it down at all times. And now he's just like, well, this guy uh, hurt one of my kids even before he was one of my kids and might try to steal him back. And he could just see all of these different issues in his eyes. I think he was channeling Hercules. If I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yes. Disappointed. <laughs> I, I mean, him and his past, when you say it's a, perfect mix of Atwood and Schmidt. Wait, who did Kevin Sorbo play? Did I get that wrong? Yeah, Kevin Sorbo was Hercules. It was Hercules. Okay. Yes. Yes. Making sure I had the right reference. Thank you. And then Ryan is talking about New Girl. Peter Gallagher played Schmidt's dad on New Girl. Yes. Yes. Max Greenfield played Sandy Cohen on the OC. That's right. That's right. So weird wearing that metal view. (laughs) (gasps) My mind is... (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think you guys, you make a really good point. I don't think... Sandy ever hit anybody else in the whole series. You know, he wanted to hit Caleb, but Jimmy jumped in and hit him mm-hmm. in Vegas. And and I think that that kind of gives you one more layer of who Sandy is when when things are he only will use that when necessary. It's there, but he has the ability to let shit roll off his back. He's a duck. But this was too much. How yeah. dare you come in? And and something that Josh clarified for us, because I was when when Ju, you know Julie gets involved with him and um, she tells San, or Ryan that, you know, he's not really a bad guy. It was my understanding that he had been abusive. And Josh said, no, no, no. AJ, the boyfriend when we that's the boyfriend of Don, when we meet them, mm. the, he was abusive. Frank was just absentee and doing breaking and entering and going to jail. He doesn't think that he was ever abusive physically. It, which, I'm pretty sure there's a line where they talk about how he was an abusive drunk in this season. That's what I thought because uh, it's, you know, anyway, but um, maybe we can, um, maybe you, y'all can let us know if that's <sighs> true or not. <laughs> y'all. That's, yeah. So that was super satisfying. Let's work on some night moves. I used to she used me, but nobody cared. We were getting our share. Working on the night moves. Mm-mm-mm. Trying to lose those awkward teenage blues. Working on our night moves. And it's summertime. <laughs> so why did you pick this scene? Or this, this them singing this? But we really wanted a... Julie and Caitlin moment. Um, and mm. this is such a perfect, you know, mother, daughter, or parent, child thing of the only reason 
Caitlin Cooper would know all of the words to the night moves by Bob Seger <laughs> is if her mom sang it to her constantly when she was a kid. So there's clearly, you know, it's a bonding thing and it's a way for them to get closer in this dark, dark time surrounded by somebody who may have seemed funny in 2007, but is a total sex pest creepazoid ice cream yeah. guy. <laughs> He's the I, villain of an A24 drama coming out next year. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of agree. The character seemed so, I was like, what, you know, and I, and I think that Stephanie explained to us that they wanted to create this world where it wasn't because it is so serious, but they mm-hmm. still wanted to keep that comedy. And I thought it was, it was very unique to have this, this, this ice cream. I boy. legit think but, you could get yeah. away with bullet. And his lines more today than you could with this ice cream guy with his forced <laughs> his forced tongue down the throat and the lot the yeah. line oh, about yeah. no I, consent. I liked the singing was so cute and fun, and then him being like, "I just want to be around fun hot ladies." That's fine, and uh, that they he's all that at him. I was like, "This this is adorable. This is a good time." And then when you find out he's known about Caitlyn forever and is semi stalking her, uh, mm-hmm. that's when you're like, "Oh, that's less cute." That's less, way less cute. That's that's creepy. It's not a, it's not an easy song to sing either. It's like it's like in that weird range that you're almost like shouting like. So I remember that when it when we were doing it, it felt really bad, but it ended up being you know it is it is true that it, he says isn't that an inappropriate song to sing? And she's like, well. With me and my mom, when I was scared as a kid, we would sing Baby Got Back by Sir Mix a lot. We just, everybody <laughs> has their song. Wait, it's, I gotta, that's a callback to Friends. That's the only song <laughs> that the baby would smile at. Gotta, <laughs> we got all love Friends. <laughs> it all leads back to Friends. My daughter, uh, CG, is, she's one, of those pers- she's one of those people that knows every lyric, can hear every lyric, and memorize every lyric. And of course, she loves dirty rap from when she was a young age. And I was like, what? How did, I don't listen to it. I don't know where she's finding it. Is her it. favorite like NWA or? Something like that. Oh, yeah. No, she and Adam just loved their rap and thought it was so funny. And I'm like, eh. Anyway. I, the, the one question okay. I had about well, the scene, though, is did the ice cream kid, when he was watching you two sing, was he imagining you guys on the hoods of cars and on stripper poles? And <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Probably. It was the Taylor whatever, flashback. Whatever the equivalent yeah. of, of that. It's more, he's probably more Britney Spears, like, oops, or, you know, mm-hmm. she, he's thinking he's more upset. like schoolgirl. Schoolgirls. Probably. Ah, yes, naturally. So there were so many things from the night moves. Your next one is also from the night moves. Me, on the other hand. The doctors say you're going to be fine. Although, you're going to have to wrap your head around the fact that we're really brothers now. We're blood brothers. You donated blood. Ah, I had an extra few pints flowing through my veins. It was no big deal. Hmm. You're not a big fan of needles. Nor of fainting. So big earthquake and then classic Atwooding um, gets <laughs> stabbed in the back by a big shard of glass and refuses to tell anybody because Atwood's got to Atwood. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a new he, term. He Taylor, who's handled so much, her, her, this 19-year-old divorcee, he's like, no, that she, she wouldn't be able to handle that. So maybe I'll just <laughs> die. No, I'll get Seth. The hero I've known my whole life to say, and like it is, it's a, it's a beautiful. Seth steps up, and he keeps being like, "I don't want to mm-hmm. step up. I probably will let you down," uh, <laughs> and ends up saving the day. And it, the, the whole build up to them becoming blood brothers, uh, it, it's a fun like look back at it's the whole show. show, and it's Verbal a clip, clip show, show. <laughs> uh, and and gets some more meta in because they're like, 
let's go through all the people you've punched in the face. And so funny. <laughs> and Luke, Luke, somebody else, Luke again. Uh, and then he's like, you know what? Did you punch Johnny? No, I know a lot of people wanted you to punch Johnny, but you never <laughs> did, did you? Right. Uh, it was it was golden. And then, yeah, very heartwarming by the time he's like, oh, negative. Gave you my blood. But you hate needles. <laughs> and I suddenly want to listen to, what does he say? Hmm. That's weird, because all of a sudden I have this strange urge to listen to Death Cab and read comic books. For real? No. Okay. Oh, it's too bad, because if we could have... Turn this into a body swap comedy. We could have squeezed another year or two out of this. Mm. Oh, Death Cab. Death Cab. Yeah. <laughs> that episode really set up every character being with their most important person in OTP. their life. Um, and their OTP. It's their OTP. one true. Everybody gets to be with their one true pairing in that during their. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was one true one person. true person. Same one true. Same one true person. Yeah, and I keep saying that my takeaway is just the listing to help when you're worrying or have anxiety. I told Stephanie because she wrote it. I was like, this is my takeaway. I am now going to be listing things if I feel anxious. Yeah, Seth was on to something. It's a good trick. Right? I'll let you it's know a good how it trick goes. For, I, when I try to go to sleep, I think about like putting together outfits in my closet. Oh, yeah. Because it, it helps <laughs> me go to, it helps me sleep. It's like, it, I've done you that. Know, it takes, yeah. Or I just go yeah. through different types of salami. Would I, you know. When I get try, when I'm trying pepper, to go to sleep, I uh, list all the yeah. things that are making me anxious, and it's it backfires. It does not work. <laughs> <laughs> I just do times tables, and I'm yeah. up to the, my twenties. Oh my god! <laughs> no, do you guys have some bonus mentions from the night moves, like the montage ending? love the way they edited that they did you know both sides of it and repeated and sort of let some uh taylor's mom in there in the group but like made her made her like go yeah. two steps back kind of and i love that i said this before that caitlin was clipping frank's hair oh yeah yeah which i think is one of our directors was kept saying who was it patrick, patrick Morris yeah. that said he wanted his hair cut you know sometimes <laughs> actors show up with their hair a certain way and, and directors don't don't they're not um, appreciative of They're that. They're not on board. <laughs> They're not on board. <laughs> yeah, so she's cutting his hair. And then another bonus mention is when we see the Cohen house ruined. The minute they're like, hey, look, she held up. The whole city's been destroyed, but nothing's wrong with our great house. You're like, oh, man, I did not expect the Pelican to be living in their living room. But <laughs> The Pelican really stole the show. Yeah. I wanted more of that Pelican's story. I did, too. Yeah, the I know. backstory. <laughs> We found out that she wanted a seagull, but that she settled for a pelican. But I think the pelican and the silence worked. Yes. It was more eerie than a seagull. You're like, all right, I see a dozen of those every day. It was like the Atwood side eye from the pelican. <laughs> but with the whole Great. back half of the house knocked down, and then all you could see was just a studio audience, like looking around like, what is happening here? <laughs> I love it. Curtain. I love it. <laughs> Well, we heard that, you know, it was a it was a less painful way to demolish the set because when you when a show ends, you strike sets and they had started doing that and they wrote it into the script. So it was because it was very emotional for everyone. Guys, before we get to the last highlights, can I do my honorable mention here? I'll allow it. Yes. Nobody talked about the episode 
well, maybe the episode, but the part where Che takes Seth and they trip out and the otter is a spirit animal. The whole relationship there, totally, you guys missed it. It's not on here. It was the There's weirdest episode of the season. I need some Chris information. McCaha? Yes, I'm going to go as far <laughs> as saying yes. <laughs> I kind of agree with the scene of seeing Chris and Adam doing like the sweat, whatever lodge, they were Ayahuasca doing. Vibes. Uh, there was because it's clearly that's not like scripted in detail. It just says they and it's two actors going, OK, let's just do it. And there was something very, you know, Parks and Rec about it almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys we missed tr- it. OK, we, just had to call you out. We'll we can come move back on. next time <laughs> and we'll do better. OK, thank but you. Wait, I appreciate I, that. We I know we mentioned it, but we didn't really exactly get into it just really quick, or maybe you could flip this. When when Che was naked playing the guitar, <laughs> because you guys did pick that scene, what was your reaction? Mike, be appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was yeah, nice seeing young Chris Pratt butt. Haven't seen that in a long time. It's, it's more modern, like very swole butt these days. So I, I liked seeing that. And yeah, it was just this weird alter of like, it felt like we could get him every once in a while. And it was, Almost felt like, what if we have to spin off Summer? Well, now she has a sidekick. And I'm glad they never went like romantic with it. He was just like this goofy, naked, overly hippie uh, douche. <laughs> she turns out to be wealthy yeah. and kind of a hypocrite. Yeah. Yeah. But but um, Norman told us that there was a he was really naked and there was a lot more revealed. But then they had to edit it <laughs> because. Uh... <laughs> because you can't show balls on television. What? Not even <laughs> that? Apparently no. Network, not even television, <laughs> not on Fox. We were yeah. still re- we were still getting over Nipplegate at that. What point. a time oh. to be alive! Yeah, <laughs> I think what Ballgate would have wiped Nipplegate out. It all evens out, dude. Ballgate, I feel like it needs to even <laughs> out. You're right. Like, the where's secret- Ballgate? Who's oh, yeah, up for, for sure. it? The secret to getting balls on screen back then is that you had to have lyrics at the bottom <laughs> of the screen and then have a bouncing ball. Mm. So oh, if yeah. Chris Pratt's oh, balls yeah. just Ball bounced on the lyrics, ball. you could have gotten away from it. <laughs> and taught you how to sing yeah. night moves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Gosh. We love well, it. We love balls. So we are okay. talking about the the end's not near. It's here. Oh, my gosh. Rachel really is. I uh, know. <laughs> Don't settle for comfortable. I got you something. So you guys chose the um, Summer and Julie conversation. Yeah, we could have done all 12 moments Tell from this episode. Like It's pretty jam-packed with stuff. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, just putting a button on yes. you know, your guys' arc as... Um, basically, you knew each other through Marissa uh, before the season started or before season three. And now you are actually people in each other's lives. Um, and yeah, just one last moment of with this locket, you know, it's got a picture of Marissa in there. That's, that's no dry eyes in the house. Yeah. Nope. It, it really was the parallel scene to the Thanksgiving talk where that felt like the start of it. And now it's like, cause now at this point we've jumped six months to three years to six more months. Like we are so far in the future yeah. and you can fill in all they are. They are so close now. Right. I know. Right now. 
it, it still is one of those things where, and, and it wasn't like a planned thing when Julie just kind of, she says, I don't, well, you're asking me for, um, advice, but here I am knocked up on my wedding day. And then she's like instantly says, the world deserves, you're a great girl. The world deserves to know you don't settle for comfortable. Like, so she, she doesn't give advice, but then all of a sudden she does. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. And she's not necessarily talking about current Seth, but it is. <laughs> so, so yeah, so heartwarming uh, in the middle of all the goofiness of this season. Right. Yes. Guys, is this number three for Summer on this list? <laughs> who's counting? Is that too many? Yeah. Should we take one away? But who's counting or paying attention? Not me. The next one you have is this is the wedding for Seth and Summer. Which Summer is ah. unfortunately part of. Uh, <laughs> ah. if, in, if I wrote it, it'd be Anna and Seth. But you know, <gasps> oh no! Oh, Click. Wow. <laughs> She's turning off the podcast right now. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> you know what? I would like to see that too. Let's see yeah. her walk down that aisle as memorable as Summer did. Okay, couldn't because then Summer Summer would be with Ryan then. Oh, okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> Let's swap. <laughs> I'm all in. Let's talk. It's time to cut ties. It won't ever free our mind. Just like the graduation scene uh, in season three, this is, you know, another, our, our kids have grown up. Look at them. They're, they're just gosh darn doing it. They're going to start a life and I'm no longer worried about them. <laughs> they're just right. gosh darn doing it, as they say. The kids say that, right? <laughs> and then it's it's all about the face that yes. Summer makes walking down the aisle. Like, if you got to goof it up that a little me, bit. That was guys. What? <laughs> so in this, this entire, the whole last, what, I don't know how long it is, but the entire last montage and the song, it's our last montage and it's a great one, but you get a lot in there. And as a, as a first time viewer, Mike, did you find yourself satisfied? Because a lot of, uh, a lot of finales sometimes leave people hanging, but this kind of wrapped it up. Uh, yeah. I think it's so hard to end a show uh, period. Uh, Cause you're like, well, I've watched all these characters. Why would just to go back to our favorite show friends, why would these friends all stop <laughs> hanging out? That doesn't make sense. Cause somebody just decided one day they had to, but just to leave, like these people are still in each other's lives, but they've, they've grown beyond the confines of orange County cannot hold them anymore. And this feels so natural and real. And I think so many shows do the montage thing. And this is one of the best right. finale montages I've seen where it didn't feel overly saccharine or too cheesy yeah it, it hit and having the the years pass in photos of watching summer become like a, a an actual activist and i don't remember oh julie graduates college and like and then you see her newfound family where the bullet and frank are there and the little kids are around now yeah it i think it all it worked really well for me let me ask you guys at the very end and ryan sees you know basically himself and the kid by the payphone one do you think he takes him in Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's done. And uh, no, please elaborate. Yeah, I mean, this is the most effective moment of the entire season and maybe the series. And it's because, you know, season one clearly sets up this parallel between Sandy and Ryan that Sandy is sort of sees a young Sandy in Ryan. Um, Sandy needed to be rescued and, you know, barely made it out of the hard streets of wherever. Um, and so now he's trying to return the favor and the whole, 
all four seasons show these guys on similar paths. One is just middle age and one is a younger man. And then for this, the final thing that we see is for Ryan I, to see a kid that looks exactly like him, maybe could have looked a little <laughs> different, but, um, and to like, you know, sort of put the button on this entire four year arc of the cycle will continue as long as we keep continue, as long as we keep helping these people, you know, this is how the cycle continues. Yep, right. It's pretty what a hopeful and optimistic message where I think a lot of shows don't want to be that. Some fan theories are um, that that's Teresa and <laughs> Ryan's child. Uh, yeah, the kid should have looked up and said, "You have what do you mean? Do I need <laughs> you to?" Yeah, the kid just looks up and goes, "Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> now he pays it forward, and I think there's something because it could have just ended on the it, it. They didn't actually have to have that little scene, but I think as and as mm-hmm. this, you know. It just like you said, it put a button on it that made it even more satisfying, like each moment of that montage. And then the final, hey, kid, you need some help. And it f- slowly fades on Ryan's face is is. Uh, yeah, super satisfying. We have a nice little clip of um, Scott Krinsky as Daryl. The fact that he ended up with the Range Rover yeah. and like, you know, that really puts, you know, that those those are Stephanie was explaining that that was really important to just show those, you know, humorous moments and people having comedy through tragedy. And, and Daryl coming back throughout that there's a great Daryl and Caitlin moment when she's is Will's the band geek that she's starting to try to date. And then he's yeah. just like at a point like, no, you're vapid. And then she's like. Hey Daryl, hey Ben, and they're like, hey Caitlin, and so like, like showing yeah. their growth just to pop up. And this show is so good. Like season three is Gus, right? Is is that the character's name? <laughs> yeah. So Gus, we have Daryl throughout all of it, and he shows up again in Night Moves. Todd Sherry is the actor. Uh, he was the caterer a few times, and then owns this house. And in my head, he he has been trying to get away from this family, but they keep hiring him to work there. And now he's just like, leave. Why are you at my house? Uh, it's just so fun to have it when shows pull back these same character actors over and over and over again. Right, right. I think you you make a good point of that, that there was there was all these, li- there's so many little Easter eggs, whether it's the teachers are named after Stephanie Savage or um, Volchok is Adam's agent, Kevin. You know, there's, there's, there's Easter eggs and hopefully we did it um, justice and, and mentioned all of them, but I'm sure there's some I, I even missed. So I think I'm pretty thorough. You are. <laughs> Volchuk, Volchuk is based on Adam's name, in name <laughs> yes. only. Right? He was terrifying. He tried to fire him once and then he chased him off the road. <laughs> <laughs> what, what a scary yeah. agent to have. Kevin Volchuk. Kevin couldn't be more opposite. Like if you saw, I, I would like to show you a picture of Kev. He drives people onto the road. <laughs> so one more um, really sweet relationship that we should mention was um, Caitlin and Bullet. And the two of them dancing together, you know, when Julie kind of takes off is is really a nice moment as well. Here's that clip. What was that dance that you were talking to me about this afternoon? The one with the number. <laughs> That'd be the Texas two-step. Can you show it to me? Is the Pope Catholic. Oh, come on, lucky lady. It's your night. Here we go. <laughs> Ready? And it's one, two, one, two. 
what's what's so sweet about the the Willa Bullet, it softens both characters. Both are pretty rough in different ways, and but watching them grow to love each other, it humanizes both of them in in ways that I think it came at the perfect time for the show. Yes. Yeah. The vulnerability. If you want to get that chemistry going with an actor, um, it's the nickname thing. Like uh-huh. once he starts calling her <laughs> gut, like, oh, it, that's done. it. It's done. all done. Yeah, like when yeah. guys start calling me like shit face, I'm like, I'm yours. You know? <laughs> <laughs> any nickname will do. Just anything. As long as you do it more Just than any once. Old thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yours. It, it really is an in, a term of endearment, but I've also told people as they're pregnant, I'm like, make sure you're whatever you name your child, be careful of because you everybody gets a nickname. So make sure you don't, yeah. um, it's not something that's going to be, you know. But my daughter, like, I didn't think we could go wrong with Peanut McShitface, but that's, <laughs> she gets made fun of a lot. <laughs> well, I think we already mentioned um, Bullet Sun, right? Yeah. The, the sons. You mean okay. the multiples? San Antonio. Yes. The multiples. Austin, they're just, he doesn't even know, remember them at this point. He's just like, oh. And Hanoi. <laughs> oh my God, it's so good. Every city. I yes, have a special yes. place for Lubbock in my heart. Bullet has so much money. Uh, how much are condoms? Honestly, how much do condoms cost, Bullet? Please, go to a 7-Eleven. Yeah. He's probably that guy that thinks a vasectomy is demasculating. So, for yes, sure. For sure. One of the wonderful things about doing this podcast is we got to meet some cool people, and you guys were you jumped on when we asked you to come on, and now we're at you're doing our last episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's how much we love thank you. Thank you for that. Like, thank you for all of uh, having us. In the last one is is bananas, and and we're so appreciative. And just like I know we say a lot of uh, make fun of each other. Uh, just like one of the life moments has been uh, getting to know you guys over the last couple of years. This has been phenomenal. Aww. Thank you. Uh, thank so you so much. much. Yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> I know, yeah. a nicety? What? Yeah, shut up, shit face. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually a compliment. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been so fun. You guys are so awesome and so funny. And we have loved sharing all the moments with you guys. So thank you for being our last episode. Of course. Before we go, uh, I didn't know if um, we were nervous about you guys getting out of the podcasting game and going no, just the back world to needs acting, you in the podcast. <laughs> acting is for losers um so we just wanted to talk real quick about uh future projects yeah we i don't know how to do this we worked with your producers hopefully they didn't tell you so we have some things to share with you of what the next uh mindy and Shipface project could be <laughs> okay so yeah um we just think you guys have a really good thing going here and so we had a couple of new shows to pitch for you uh, the first one that we think that you guys might want to try out is, of course, Welcome to the QVC, bitches, where n- not that you guys go on the QVC, but you guys watch episodes of the QVC and just review all of their different products. Oh, that's my dream. <laughs> well, do you, do you have to try them on or we're just doing it um, audio? No. I mean, can you try on a blender? I, th- I, think, yeah. I think you should try, <laughs> try on, on, a, try on, that try on a Roomba. Uh, <laughs> And and oh yeah, you God. test out the products. You get real in depth between them. And uh, is it worth the money if you're up at three a.m. ordering sundries? I f- I feel like this is my wheelhouse, you guys. You do know me. I feel seen once again. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. We'll put that on the list. Next up, we have Welcome to the Josie Bitches, a <laughs> minute by minute rewatch podcast where you dig into uh, every episode, half an hour to forty five minutes. You dig into a minute of the. Uh, 
seminal and underrated movie of the early aughts, Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> it's an amazing movie. Josie. Look at those jumpsuits you guys are wearing. Yeah, who's in that one? Who are those ladies? Is that like Rachel Lee Cook? It is Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, and Rosario Dawson, all very young there. Oh, wow. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. our doppelgangers. We're in. <laughs> I like that. I used to watch that before that. The cartoon, yeah. <laughs> the cartoon. So if that's uh, oh God, if that one's not going to work for you guys, oh, no. here's something that I think the world could really use right now. It's Welcome to the JC Bitches, where you guys do an in-depth page-by-page <laughs> analysis of the Bible. And our co-host is Kevin Sorbo? It, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> In character, though, as Summer and Julie, just talking about the Bible. Oh, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Julie's take on Julie everything. Julie sleeps with Jesus. This- <laughs> the sound bites coming out of Julie Cooper's yeah, Julie Cooper, the, JC the, the GC, mm-hmm. <laughs> the two JCs. <laughs> oh my! God. That would be that would be classic. Amen. Okay. Uh, Amen. We're guys. calling Josh and Stephanie, or we 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 realize Ben is a writer now, so maybe he could write it. <laughs> yeah, get Ben in this mix. <laughs> write the Bible. <laughs> Just the write sequel? the updated Bible. Next up, we have uh, Welcome to the CVS Bitches, where you will dumpster dive, find people's eight foot long CVS receipts and then oh. review their purchases. <laughs> I Why have are they so, so many long? of those. They're coupons. There's pl- they're worth money. And so you go in, I was this coupon this. worth it? Was it not worth it? Did I need two Sobies for the price of a half of a Sobie? Oh my God. Oh my gosh. You have no idea. I actually have the CVS app on my phone <laughs> and I'm always checking because they, because it's something that I learned uh, somehow during the pandemic that CVS gives you these things. And I've walked in there and, and it actually, you know, you can get ten dollars, twelve dollars off of your purchases. It's worth it, ladies. These, uh, so it's these the are next all really podcast. good ideas, and we won't <laughs> charge you guys that much for these ideas. Our final one is "Welcome to the OJ Bitches," oh, no. where you guys discuss oh, the no. trial of the century. Where, of course, wearing, wearing gloves. gloves. It's just something you might want to take a stab at. Oh, I don't know. No pun intended. I know where I was October third, nineteen ninety four. I was San um, during the chase with uh, in the Bronco. I was in San Antonio doing a TV show there, but um, yeah, no, I, I was glued to the TV for this. Rachel. I, yeah. OJ, My yeah. friend lived up the street from the condo. So we, cause I grew up in LA and uh, I remember us like walking by and it was like your friend, Kato Kalen kind of creepy. And that's why. Yeah. <laughs> my friend Kato. He's kind of surfing. <laughs> and so you guys are the, the perfect people to really dig into the trial. And it's, you know, there's been the documentary series, the TV series. So why not the podcast series? Why Oof. not the podcast it series? Sure took, it sure took up a lot of our lives back then. I'm down. Oh. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm super down. I, you know, when I saw it, because I I'm lit, I have my computer kind of far back, and I, I saw OJ. I was thinking orange juice. That's how like far removed I, mean, oh I had my to gosh. put that one to bed. Well, the pictures of like, OJ's face didn't give it away. <laughs> well, I didn't quite see because it's small on my computer. <laughs> I didn't quite see it, and then all of a sudden. I like that I'm juggling OJ's head. Yeah, you're a very good juggler, we've learned, watching through I, all these logos. You know what? If nothing else, what I've gotten from this podcast is the skill in uh, juggling. Amazing, you guys. That is... I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. Well, I wouldn't be speechless for too long. You have five new podcasts to start right there. So you better start talking. Sarah. Oh, right, right, right. Well, we might need a little help on a few of those. Okay. Um, I vote for QVC. I mean, I'm all in on OJ, so... Oh, okay. This is gonna get interesting. <laughs> oh my god! Maybe with a little side of Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> this has been so fun, you guys, and so awesome. And I'm ready to take them all on. 
And yes. uh, I hope you guys can recap them all with us once they're recorded. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to recap each episode of your guys' podcast. Yes. Um, and <laughs> for everybody listening, dreams come true. Look at this. We just watched the show a million times. Well, I did. Mike watched season three and four once. But, and then uh, you get to talk about it professionally mm-hmm. like this. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. For all. And if you, I'm, I'm offering, if I'm, if you ever need a guest on one of awesome. your podcasts, I know. I'm happy we to know do that as well. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, that was clear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rachel, I think this is it. It, I think this is our last OC recording, but we might have some surprises coming up for you diehard bitches. Might. Um, so stay tuned to our Instagram handles and our YouTube page for more details. That's right. And thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Follow, rate, and review. Welcome to the OC Bitches, wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you like to watch us, check it out on YouTube. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. Welcome to the OC Bitches is brought to you by Cast Media. Executive produced by Colin Thompson, Harris Lane, produced by Katie Kurtwright, edited by Parker Flores and our technical engineers, Travis Holden and Dustin Park.